Thanks, Vito. And, and again, welcome everyone. We are really glad that you have chosen to spend this evening with us. Um, we're just gonna have a light casual chat. Um, if you have any questions as well, feel free to pop them in the chat and we'll try to get those uh, as we you know kind of go along or at the end of the evening. So um, here we go. Um, so we're gonna kick it off with just a, a, a feel good question. Um, why did you join DSP? Um, and I'm looking at Molly, Lauren, and Kevin. So just want to kind of hear your thoughts. Um, Molly? Um, yeah, so I actually pledged DSP my freshman year of college, uh, my very, very first semester of college. I went to Winona State University and I was the only one from my high school that went there and I actually did that on purpose because I wanted a fresh start away from everybody to not be living in my hometown like with all of those people. I was in my freshman orientation class. Someone came and spoke to us about Delta Sigma Pi and I'm like, that sounds interesting. So I went to an info meeting and I knew that was going to be the right fit for me. And after that, when I was pledging, I was just like, this is the right fit. It's the friendship I wanted, the professionalism, the community service, just everything I was looking for in college was there. And I got to meet some of my best friends while I was pledging. And I got to pledge actually with some of my friends I met during freshman orientation week. I was able to pledge with two of the guys that I had met during that week and we are still friends to this day. Thanks for sharing that story, Molly. Sounds like you've definitely made some great friends. Uh, let's see, what about Lauren? Why did you pledge DSP? So like Molly, I also joined my freshman year. Um, I joined my second semester of freshman year because at University of the Pacific, where I went, I did my undergraduate work. Um, you can, that's the earliest you can pledge any Greek letter organization. Um, I discovered uh, DSP uh, just starting out as a freshman in the business school, and I always wanted to join something that was bigger than me. And DSP fit the bell. Um, it really wanted to further um, your business professionalism, your business skills, at the same time, get back to the community, and then you develop lifelong bonds um, during that whole process and being part of this group. I have loved every second of it. I have no regrets. I've met some of my closest friends. Um, I've met some amazing mentors. And it seriously one of the best decisions my little dumb butt of an 18 year old made. Awesome. Thanks for that. Kevin. Right. So I pledged to, uh, to the fraternity the second semester of my freshman year, which was back in the spring of 2012. And originally, one of my uh, the first friends I made when in college had pledged the semester before. And when we were talking about it, I was interested, but the whole recruitment process was already over. So I kind of had it in the back of my mind. And realistically, I just wanted to grow alongside some like-minded people who just thought that the sky was the limit. And lo and behold, like a lot of the individuals that I've come across throughout my time at the fraternity has become some of my closest friends that I could realistically combine anything with them. Fantastic. I'm definitely sensing a friends theme. Um, and I think a lot of us can can say that um, my Delta Six 
brothers are some of my best friends and they're quite frankly the reason I ended up in Florida. So I, I appreciate the, the friends thing going on. So moving on, uh, Wesley, kind of want to hear about your um, experience with uh, one friendship you formed um, or one meaningful experience um, that you had that was outside of your collegiate chapter as a, as a collegiate. Okay, um, so that friendship is actually Derek Williams. Um, I met him my freshman year when I was pledging. I pledged second semester of freshman year, um, and Derek was my RVP, and he came to our uh, pledge retreat, and so that was kind of my first experience with, like, an alumni and realizing that I was joining something that wasn't just for the four years that I was going to be at Clemson, it was going to be for a lot longer than that. Um, and then like attending lead and getting to know Derek and then getting to know, like becoming his friend and then like graduating and becoming a DD myself. Um, you know, just that you were talking about friendships, but that was, that was a friendship I made with an alumni as a freshman that has, you know, carried on. I pledged, so that would have been spring 2009, you know, here we are in 2020. So that's over a decade. Um, so just, yeah, that, I think that's my most meaningful friendship I made outside of my collegiate chapter. I think Derek has, Derek met a lot of us and then couldn't get rid of us. So <laughs> <laughs> he's still putting up with, with most of us. So I, I definitely think that that's a very um, amazing friendship that, and, you know, connection that you've made. Kevin, um, tell us about a meaningful friendship that you've made that's kind of carried on past your collegiate days. And that's actually a really tough one because there's a lot, but I'm going to go with the one that kind of started everything for me. So this was back during the Northeast Provincial back in 2013. Um, it was at Hartford, Connecticut. And at the time I had met, uh, for the, Jen Hoon, for those who don't know, um, the current New England RVP and the 2016 National Koi. And... So what happened was, um, so that oh, it was myself and a couple other of us from Bryant. Um, we were with a group of uh, kids from Babson. At the time, they were a colony, and one of them had come up to us saying, "Hey, do you know so such and such person?" And one of the per, and I was uh, thinking, wait. Why am I hearing this weird voice and I see Jen talking to me? I was thinking, uh, yeah, how do you know this person? And as it turns out the person she had mentioned was is a cousin. So and and then from there, just I from there a lot of things had happened and then I remember later that April going up to Babson for their reinstallation. And then from, and after that, my old roommate and Jen started dating, and then I caught and I went along for the ride. Part of it was because, I like my, my old roommate Chris Dotto. He he's he's a real one. He's a ride or die, and 
the least I can do for him was to actually be friends. And now, next thing I know, like, she's like one of my best friends now. That's amazing. Chris is definitely a fantastic person. Um, and we see him and Jen pop in occasionally to our Friday night chats. So if you don't know Chris, pop in one night and you make it to meet him. Thanks for that, that story, Kevin. Um, Morgan, tell me a little bit about a, a friendship or a relationship that you made that kind of crosses regions um, as an alumni. Um, I would say I've made a lot of friendships, especially over quarantine. Um, I can't just pick one person. It's very hard to do, um, especially with the weekly Zooms that we've had. I've met a lot of people, a lot of brothers outside of my region. Um, also, as well as when I actually moved to a different region, same problems, different region. But like I met a lot of people who I got to know. Um, I can't wait to meet most of them um, in person at Cleveland. Hopefully it's in person. But um, the meeting everyone through all the Zoom chats that we've had have been a very fond memory that I've had, especially since I'm on my own in my apartment. So it's always great to meet new people. I feel that, and I and I imagine that DSP was a big support network for you okay. moving cross country. Oh yes, it was. It was one of the first like groups I looked into. Like when I moved from Kansas City to Dallas, I was like, okay, who lives here? Who do I know? And um, that's how I got involved in the Dallas alumni chapter. How I started talking to other brothers within that region, and I became a DB too. So yeah. <laughs> So you, you moved and we put you to work. Yes. <laughs> That's about how it happens. I graduated and I had already become a, um, a, an awards committee member, but I hadn't, I hadn't been graduated like maybe two months and Derek Williams comes knocking on my door and he's like, what you doing? You got a job yet? Like, I mean, I mean you want to be on an awards committee? I'm like, somebody already got me, but there, there are no shortage of roles and volunteer opportunities. To go around so if you need to get involved you want to get involved talk to any any member on this panel and we will we'll hook you up with something we will put you to work there's no shortage of work to be done so glad to hear that morgan's one of our dd success stories <laughs> it's only my first semester or second semester but both times covid kind of has made it a fun experience that's for sure so sure Hey, Lauren, talk to me a little bit about a meaningful um, friendship or relationship that you've formed that's kind of cross regions um, in alumni life. So on my first grand chapter Congress, I met someone named Patrick Lewis out of the Denver alumni chapter. And I, we were just, if, for those of you that went to DC, you remember like that underground, like restaurant row or whatever. So we just like, wandered around and there was a couple of like Denver alumni chapter people hanging out and they had a big table open seat so we just crashed um and then Patrick and I have been friends ever since we just have tons in common um every time he flew back from international trip he always stopped at SFO and I lived at in San Jose at a time it was only 45 minutes away so I'll pick him up I'll take him to In-N-Out Burger because that's what you do when out of state people visit California that's all they want to eat uh, then we just hang out. Uh, another time he timed his flight so he would come and hang out and watch the World Cup final at another brother's house. 
Um, we've gone to Great American Beer Festival every other year. Um, at the time, my aunt lived outside of Denver, so we would, I would always, like, have him and his wife come and meet up with my family and just, like, do all sorts of things. We text every day. His wife is in, not a brother, but she's in my industry, so I have somebody to, like, complain to. Um, so I consider him, like, my family. He and his wife are my family, and I'm part of theirs. That's amazing. And also, thanks for the flashback to the, uh, Hill Street Blues, which uh, thanks Stacey Jordan for <laughs> with that. Um, down in, in below the hotel, DC was such an amazing Congress. And this is going to be my shameless plug for GCC. If you haven't been there, um, it's like a lead on steroids. And it's so much fun as an alumni. You can tour and, you know, sightsee and hang out with your bros. Um, in Orlando, we just hung by the pool all week and it was fantastic. Um, I just, I can't tell you enough how fun GCC is and that if you've never been, definitely make it a point to go, um, cause you get these meaningful relationships and friendships that you don't know could happen. I mean, very similar to Lauren's story. Um, they're, they're just great, great events. So if you, you, you haven't been go to Cleveland, cross your fingers, we're going to have it in person, um, you know, buy a plane ticket, drive, bike, whatever you got to do, but get yourself to Cleveland next summer. So thanks for sharing, Lauren. Um, so it's kind of just open to any of our panel folks, but looking for a little bit of info on what Delta Sigma Pi means to you. Um, and, you know, not what our letters mean or what our purpose is, but personally, what does DSP mean to you as a brother? Anybody? I'll start. Can, you want to go, Wesley? Sure. Um, you know, for me, it, it means support um, because you've got support. Like personally, if you're going through stuff, you've got people who know you and know your history and support you, like whatever you're going through. But then like you've got support professionally too, because you've got this whole network of people who, if you need advice or you're moving and you need someone to help you find a job. Um, so for me, it's just all about the support that we unconditionally offer each other even when you've never met the person before. And to kind of go second. off Wesley's, I was just gonna say it's the support, but it's also like the friendship and the camaraderie. Like because of the, um, during the pandemic, I actually bought a place and moved. And a lot of the people that were on the Friday frack things saw me during the moving process. They were the very first ones they, I gave them a tour of my new place, and that was even before my parents had even been down here to see everything laid out. They got a tour before that. They've been here throughout the whole process, and there's always someone I can turn to no matter if I'm having a difficult time. I just want to share a happy moment. I have those friends there to help me through any time in my life. We were so excited when Molly moved into her place. We heard about it for like a month maybe two, you know, she, I, I'm so excited. I bought a place. I'm closing on my place. You know, I'm packing every night she'd pack. Um, so we went from, from puzzles to packing and, um, she finally moved. We, we helped her, we helped her pick paint colors. Um, it, it, I feel like I, I moved with Molly. So 
it's a it's a just a whole family experience. Oh yeah, and you didn't have to actually lift anything too. It was great. Best part helping somebody move. <laughs> to follow up on that, um, it was support. Like I struggled a lot in my early career. Um, I I went through a merger right of two very large engineering firms when I first started and I was scared out of my mind and I then I tried to like transfer offices to find a better spot and then that didn't quite work out but I, I mean I was like brand new to the workforce like the ink of my degree was barely dry and I had no idea what to do and all my DSP bros that have you know been out in the real world for much longer hold to me guide me through that process and be all like it will be okay or even better okay it's not okay you need a jump ship right now and I'm like oh yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm forever grateful for that I wouldn't have made it to a really I great point in my career like I love my job I love my company if I didn't have that support and guidance from people that were wiser than me and I would not have met them if it wasn't for DSP sometimes we're not always wiser that's in this case, you guys were. <laughs> awesome. All right. Uh, Omar, you've been a little quiet this evening. Um, yep. I know you've had a lot of alumni roles. So talk to me a little bit about what your experience has been having a, a position um, as an alumni and volunteering so, organization. So far, uh, my experience, uh, I've had uh, this, uh, I was the been a district director for two chapters in the region uh, and both of them aren't were are not my home chapter. <laughs> um, it gets you uh, from it from my experience it, it it totally it gave me an understanding of how a chap uh, how different a chapter operates. Uh, you learn how you know it's it's different for every chapter. Uh, some some chapters may not be uh, may not do ritual uh, in their meetings some do um, and you know you have the as a as a district director you have the ability to influence and tell that chapter why ritual is important why it's you know why it's been the why it's in a, why it matters in our fraternity uh, not only that you get to see how a chapter operates how different a chapter operates some chapters do weekly meetings. Other chapters do every other week. Uh, also, it it kept me it kept me active within the within the fraternity. Um, I only I was only a senior when I pledged. Uh, actually, I pledged uh, seven years to the day back in 2013. So um, <clears throat> it. Uh, so I was a senior when I pledged and, you know, my next, my next semester was my graduating year. So I felt like I didn't want to, you know, just be in or uh, join in and, you know, leave right away. So I wanted, I wanted to contribute a lot more uh, than as an alumni. So it also got me out of my comfort zone too. So got, got me to be more, uh, or be less introverted and uh, be more outgoing. So um, it keeps, it also keeps me current uh, with what's going on with the, with the fraternity. Um, a lot of people just, you know, they'll join and then uh, uh, 
we'll join, we'll be a part of it, and then just uh, fizzle out. So that's one of the main reasons I wanted, or I, I joined and uh, became active as as alumni. So. Fantastic. So not to put you on the spot, but if somebody was interested in becoming a DD Omar, what, how would you recommend that they get involved? Um, I would reach out to, to the, either the alumni chapters or your regional vice president. Um, there's also the DSV website where there's a form where you can fill out. Uh, you can fill out and show interest and once that form gets filled out, it'll get sent to you, the regional vice president. Sounds good. Thanks, Omar. Molly, you're probably our like resident busybody. Um, you've got a <laughs> long DSP resume. So uh, what's been your favorite role you've had? Um, and, and let's talk a little bit about that. So I have had many, many different roles within the fraternity. Um, I actually have two favorite roles, and one is being a DD. Um, I just love being there to help the chapters, and like I'll say the chapter I'm currently the DD for, which is the Zykai chapter at UW-Milwaukee, they, after I made a donation to their chapter leadership fund, they all personally signed a card for me, and then also got me some flowers last year, and that just made my day, them recognizing me for helping them out, so I love that. And the other role I've loved is actually being the Provincial Community Service Chair because I can help the province with our community service initiatives. So one thing I was trying to do was at Leeds, depending on what city we were in in the, in the province at the time, I was trying to reach out to an alumni chapter or a collegiate chapter in that area to see if there was something besides the National Community Service Initiative that we could help them with. So like in Minneapolis, we helped get Toys for Tots also because the Twin Cities alumni chapter does a huge drive for Toys for Tots. And it's just another way because I know sometimes the collegiate chapters, you guys get tired of collecting goods for the Ronald McDonald House or pop tabs or you're trying to save the pop tabs maybe for a larger competition where like how much you bring. So it's nice to have those different ideas to be able to do that and help the communities that we are personally going to because we are there for a weekend, even a week, because I've loved helping plan the National Community Service when we went to the food bank in Atlanta. That was so much fun, and that was where I met a really great friend now, and his name is James. He's in this Zoom. Uh, we had a lot of fun there. I personally, I could not reach the bottom of the tote, so I got to climb into the box to try and get items out. So being that community service chair, it's just been helpful to be able to help our communities because we can show them, yes, we're a professional fraternity. We do like to be social, but we want to give back to the communities that we are in. The Atlanta Food Bank event was so much fun. Um, we also did a really cool event at New Orleans GCC yes. um, where we cleaned up a cemetery. I don't like a lot of manual labor, but it was super cool to go into the community, see this really neat cemetery. We had a brother with a connection to it. And it was just a lot of fun to be able to, to go and help out. And then I will say, you know, looking for other um, service events, funny story really quick, other than Ronald McDonald and kind of some of the normal things that we like to do, I convinced our um, Southern Province alumni chair, Ashley Bernstein, 
one one year to do a blue jean drive at an at a lead event. I don't even remember where we were. Just thinking, oh, it, it it's how many pairs of blue jeans can we get? And for those of you who don't know, there are several companies who recycle blue jeans into um, insulation for housing and Habitat Humanity Habitat for Humanity uses it um, in there as building material in their builds. Um, so I thought a, jean, a blue jean drive, drive was a great way to do this. We ended up with something like 400 some odd pairs of blue jeans. And you know how much a pair of jeans weighs. Um, and we had to ship those off. And poor Ashley and Shane Borden had to, Shane thankfully at the time worked for FedEx. So we got some super discounted <laughs> shipping. Um, but they rolled into like a FedEx store one day with like 400 pairs of jeans. They're like, we have to ship these. And I don't think Shane ever wanted to see another pair of blue jeans after that in his life. So, you know, we do a lot of really cool community service events at our in-person events. And hopefully you guys and your chapters are actually, you know, when you are meeting um, or doing fun things. And hopefully now in COVID, you've found some cool ways to give back um, virtually or socially distant or whatever. Um, thank you, Molly, for the work that you do on our community service team. So, um, Omar, what advice would you have for a senior collegiate um, or a recent alumni um, or somebody who's not been active for a long time about getting back involved and, and kind of jumping into alumni life? Uh, first off, for graduating seniors, update your contact information. Doesn't matter before you graduate, update your contact information. I'm actually going to send the, I'm actually going to drop the link on the chat. So um, that's, that's, uh, that's the important part to, um, to keep in touch with. Uh, if you're not interested at, to, uh, to become a member or in a, or engage in an alumni chapter, um, please take the time to update your contact information. Uh, that way you don't become a lost alumni. <laughs> um, second, if you have just not, uh, if you're just, if you've been out as alumni and haven't kept in contact for a while, we, uh, I'm just going to, uh, we do have a chapter locator on the DSC website and they are there are contacts for for alumni chat for the alumni chapters as well as collegiate chapters. Um, there, there's a so there's plenty of resources on the on the DSP website. Um, definitely, definitely take the advantage uh, take advantage now. Um, and also, I'll, I'll also reach out to the regional vice president, which is also in the in the directory on the DSP website. Awesome. Thanks, Omar. All great tips and thanks for posting that link in the chat for the um, update your contact um, info. Uh, let's jump down to Wesley. I say down because she's literally at the bottom of my home screen. So sorry about, sorry about that, guys. Uh, I know she's probably not in the same place on your screens. But uh, Wesley, what's your um, I lost the word. What's your suggestions for jumping into alumni life? Um, so my suggestion is, so like when 
when you first graduate, that's a perfect time to get involved because honestly, like when you first graduate, you have a lot of free time. You're pro like for the, for the most part, you're, you're not going to have gotten like real involved in your work yet. Like there's just not a lot of life stuff going on yet. So like go ahead and get involved because then it's a little easier to, to back off when life gets crazy and then you, then you can get back involved when life gets less crazy. But I know that like, if you don't get involved right away and then life gets crazy, you're like, Oh, I've been out for so long. Like they wouldn't want me to come back. Like there's no place for me now. I've been gone for however long, but like really, even if that's you, there's a place for you. I promise. Well, we, we want you to come um, and, 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 and become a part again. But my my recommendation is that like if you can get as involved as you can like early because it's easier to stay in contact um than to to have to try to reconnect so that would be my advice i'd also like to add one more thing sure. uh if you if you're not if you're not able to be active in any way as alumni in an alumni chapter or in some volunteer leadership uh, another way to be involved is to donate to the Leadership Foundation. Uh, you can set up a, you can set up different, uh, you know, you can set up a, you know, a lifetime donor or your Delta Sig for Life donor. You can be, um, I think I, I've set up, I'm set up for quarterly. I mean, monthly, if that's your choice, uh, that's definitely, that's definitely a way to stay active. Uh, through a through a low um in a in a low profile kind of way <laughs> and and stacy jordan just mentioned too that you know one of the easiest ways you can donate to the leadership foundation is to set your uh charitable contributions on amazon uh i probably have personally funded some kind of event that you know in the, this year with all my amazon buying um but set it set up the the dsp leadership foundation um, is your Amazon Smile organization, and that's a, just a super easy, passive way to give back. And Stacy Jordan, who's on our call, um, is is part of our Leadership Foundation board, um, and she can talk to you about all of the different ways that you can financially give back to this organization if if that's you know something that you're interested in doing. So definitely feel free to to reach reach, reach out to Stacy. All right. Uh, Morgan, any advice on jumping into alumni life and, and being active? Um, I would say since, I mean, kind of like what Wesley said, do it when you're like recent graduate, um, a recent alumni. Um, I did that when I was um, in Kansas City and I immediately joined the Kansas City alumni chapter. Um, I would say reach out, talk to at least like instant message them through Facebook, Instagram, whatever they have um, talked to one person or just through the whole like Facebook page because typically it's the president um, just to talk to them ask any questions and then you'll when you go to events when they're actually in person um, or zoom calls because I know that's what some alumni chapters are doing right now um, you'll at least know one person so it's not as scary because um, especially when I moved to Dallas I didn't know anyone like I knew some people by names I met them maybe once or twice at different elite events like reaching out to someone I'm like hey I'm going to this so like knowing they're like oh yeah I'll be there so I knew I had one person at least I will have some 
like an idea of what they look like or who I'm going to talk to. Um, so reaching out, don't be afraid. I had to do that and I was very afraid. I brought my roommate to the first Dallas alumni event that I went to after I moved. I was like, I don't know who's coming, but I need like one person to come with me. And it was a blast because I got to talk to everyone, um, got to meet new people, especially so many new people. Um, so just don't, my advice would be just take that first step um, to reach out to whatever chapter um, that your alumni chapter that you're close to. Um, so you're involved in some way. Um, yeah. Thanks. All right, I'm gonna open this up to all of our panelists. Um, really just interested to know why you guys choose to stay active as alumni because we all know that you guys could go into the alumni black hole that a lot of people kind of get sucked into um and sometimes even i feel like i want to be sucked into the alumni black hole um but then I, I join our friday night calls and and the group brings me back but why have you chosen to stay active as an alumni whoever wants to start um, I guess I'll start if nobody else wants to. Um, so I pretty much give um, stay active for two reasons. Um, one is like a lot of the people that I've met throughout my time as a Delta Sig, like who are like from different places. Like I, I really still get to see them at like at national events like Lee GCC prior to COVID, and like and part of the um, feel of those national events being in person is being able to get to see the, see these people again. And it's just, and it's always a blast to catch up with them. The, the whole, Hey, how's it been? Oh my God. Oh yeah. You did this. So like new thing or whatever. And it's, it's always a blast just talking about it. And the second and most importantly for at least myself is for myself, it's just being able to give back to the organization. Like it's really helped me. It's given me a lot. Like, like at every since I've joined the fraternity, uh, of course, had many different um, crossroads. Having been in a fraternity for eight years, but it, and just now, it's like at every like critical juncture that I've had, like the fraternity's always been there for me. So. I have, so I, and I myself, I'm not the person who just take advantage of just, and just not give back. So I'm just here to, I'm just giving back. And that's probably what I'm going to be doing for pretty much till the day I die. So um, that's why I, I continue to stay active as an alum. And we're always happy to have you. I'm glad you're in my life, Kevin. Lauren, what about you? Why are you uh, choosing to be active? Um, I have an immense love for this organization and my love comes from the fact that everyone in this organization wants to better themselves, better the community and help better each other. And it's just that interconnectedness like makes you realize that like together we can do like really amazing things and I want to be a part of that and I want to help push everything forward. And it's just, it's so rewarding. Um, I've grown so much as a person. I've seen my friends grow. I've seen um, collegiates grow and it's, it's just an amazing thing and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Thanks for sharing, Lauren. Molly. 
Mine is really quick and sweet. I've got so much out of the fraternity. I wanted to give back to those collegiates that were coming in so that they got the same experience I did, maybe an even better experience. So putting like putting in what I already got. That's all we can hope for is that we make the experience better and just as joyous for the next group of Delta Sigs. Appreciate that. Wesley, I see you down there nodding your head. Why, why are you choosing to, to stay active? Um, I mean, it's really just like Kevin said, like the two reasons, because DSP gave so much to me. So like, I want to give back. And then, um, well, you know, whatever he said the second one was, because I forgot at this point, y'all have like, <laughs> but I feel like it's the same for everybody, you know, like we want to give back, we want to make it better. And so... Okay, it's late here. This is this is like I go to bed at ten o'clock because I get up at five a.m. So like it is late here. This is usually when I'm like winding down to go to bed. So y'all just like forgive me, okay? <laughs> Wesley, we're on the same time, homie. Like no excuses. Come on, <laughs> come on, Wesley. We love you still, Wesley. I'm I'm still gonna fit in an episode of Lucifer tonight before I go to bed. So no no excuses here. Sleep. <laughs> Morgan, did, did, have we talked to you yet? What? What? Why are you involved? Why are um, you? I would say I'm. I, I've stayed active as an alumni, um, just because of all of the friends and connections I've had. Just uh, I love meeting new people, and everyone I've met is. It's just one of the reasons why I've stayed active, um, and I also really just want to help. Like since I've become a GD, I want to help chapters. Um, and just stay involved in that aspect, I guess. But really, I just want to stay involved and stay connected with all my friends. Aww, we love you, Morgan. All right, who did I skip? I feel like I skipped somebody. Omar. Omar. <laughs> for for me, <laughs> for me, it's uh, I I want to be a resource uh, as for for others. Um, it's uh giving back i've got i've had a lot of uh i've i've been given a lot of opportunities uh as alumni and then um most notably i i got my current job at an alumni chapter event so um uh and it was a uh, it was and so we have and we you know, it was actually, you know, brother and I was, uh, taking over his position and, um, it, it was, uh, it was, it made the, it made the process of finding a job a lot more comfortable. Um, also, um, main reason I, you know, I'm still active as alumni is to, uh, work with others and, you know, make, make this place a little bit better than how, I, you know, than how I came into it. You know, um, you know, just just the ability of working with others through professionally or serving or, you know, just uh, it, it's really just one of the reasons why why I joined as alumni. And and we're you're definitely making our DSP world so much better, Omar. <laughs> um, appreciate seeing you every Friday night and all the work you're doing with with the chapter of the EDD for um, the world is truly a better place because you're here. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> All right, and I don't think I skipped anybody. Did I, right? So we got Morgan Omar. I think we're good. I think we're good. All right, so that's really all of the questions that I had for our panel. Um, uh, let's let's open it up. Take questions from from the group. Um, Vito, did you get any questions privately in the chat? I did, and since I got them, I think we should make our moderator a panelist so she can answer some of these questions. Because, uh, well, you Aaron Lee, so I mean, okay. that goes all explanation. Uh, the first question comes from. I may not want to end up working with collegiates right off the bat. So I'm guessing this person's talking about a DD situation. What other ways could I be active giving back to the fraternity that is not monetary? Sure, absolutely. Uh, Molly, you want to go first? Or yeah, I, I have one. It's the first thing I did, which was one of the very first roles I did was I actually was a reviewer of the bylaws and policies. <laughs> We always need lots of bylaws of reviewers. So if you're like a super GSP nerd and that's your jam, we can hook you up with that. Yeah. Uh, I can so, also recommend finding a rec like find a committee. My very first committee I ever served on was a regional awards committee in my home region. Um, and quite frankly, even as I became alumni chapter president back home and um, I don't know, a provincial community chair. I stayed on the awards committee and up really up until I became RVP, um, where, I, where I obviously had to step back. You know, I'd be a little biased of reviewing my own chapter's awards, but the awards committee is kind of where it all started for me in volunteering as an alumni. And it's such an easy thing to do. The time commitment is minimal. Um, and it's a great way to stay connected to the organization and to the chapters so you can see what they're doing, what they're working on, and then rewarding our uh, collegiates and really our alumni too on the provincial level for all the amazing work that they've been doing in the organization. So find a committee. Um, if there's something you're super passionate about, there's likely a committee. Um, or if you see something that you need to change, we can you know, work on putting a, a recommendation together that will likely become a committee. Um, so whatever you're passionate about, get involved. If, if you have questions, talk to any of our panelists um, or even our alumni that are just in the, the call today and we'll, we'll find you something to do. Yeah. I meant to that. Please comment though, the foundation. That was also the other first thing I was involved in. I was voluntold. I was on a committee for the Leadership Foundation. That's right. how I became involved with raffle ticket sales a lot, for those of that were wondering. I was voluntold by past Grand President Kathy Janke that she, first she asked, do you want to be on my committee? And then she's like, okay, good. I already put your name down. So you, you are on an, a committee for the, the Leadership Foundation. Doesn't mean that you have to start giving, you know, monetarily. It's, it's giving of your time and your, your talent um we understand that especially as recent alumni that you know giving back to the foundation might not be in your plan immediately um but there are lots of things to do that don't involve dealing with collegiates um not that you guys aren't wonderful but you know it, it takes a it, it takes a special kind of person and a special kind of job to want to jump in immediately to those kind of roles um and, and time and time and definitely time uh, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, there's there's plenty of things that, that don't involve direct contact with a, a collegiate chapter or you know monetarily giving back. So we'll find you a home for sure. Amen to that. All right, a lot of volatility from the group. Uh, um, I wanted to chime in. Um, I didn't start working with. Uh, I didn't start working on a volunteer position that interacted with collegiates until about like seven years after I graduated. Um, I started out with mostly working with alums or just like behind the scenes operation work. Um, the fraternity really values helping hands, helping with anything related to the fraternity, whether it's operations or paper pushing, some of the boring, non-sexy stuff. Um, so hands are always welcome and it, there's everything under the sun that you can do, even if it's something like, hey, I want to work on this as a professional skill set. Believe me, you can find a way to practice that skill set. Thank you, guys. Those are, those, Thanks, those are good, good answers. Great question. All right, um, Vito, what's, what's next on our list from the, from the group? Uh, we got we got a few of them actually. People want to want to hear y'all's input. So uh, next one is: Are there any hiring network groups or ways to match Delta Sigs who are hiring and collegiate Delta Sigs looking for internships, jobs, and etc. I saw a lot of head. I saw some heads shaking. Yeah. So you, uh, Wesley, Kevin you Wesley, y'all want to go at that? If I remember correctly, I think there is like a either a Facebook or a LinkedIn group. Is like. Uh, Delta Sigma Pi hiring network, if I recall that correctly. Um, if I find it, I'll, I'll definitely link it into the chat. There's definitely a Facebook group for it, and, it, and it's pretty active. Um, and I think that they even created like their own separate website from the fa that started from the Facebook group. Yeah. I vaguely remember that, because uh, I remember I actually had a chat with uh, uh, the e-com of the uh, chapter that I'm the DE for. And one of the questions that came up from that was, are there like any like like LinkedIn groups from that? And that was like one of the groups that I found and I linked it to them. So I'll, I'll definitely, oh, here we are. So I'll, I'll have that link for the LinkedIn group uh, shortly. So for those who want to join, it'll be in the chat right about now. <laughs> Great. Yeah, and we will also post those in the Facebook group uh, event discussion for anyone that logs off Zoom and forgets to take it down. Good question, though. Uh, another one from Epsilon Phi is, we have a few prospectives here. You know, I'd really, love for you. If you guys do look in the chat, um, Jen just posted some info in the group chat about the hiring page. Um, she's one of the admins on that Facebook page, and she does ask that if you join to please put your chapter down and answer the admin questions. So um, just a shout out to, to Jen and the work she does in that group. Sorry, Vito. Hey, Jen. Thank you. Thanks, Jen. Oh, no problem, Mary. One from Epsilon Phi. A few of their prospective members are here, and they love for the panel and our moderator panelists to, tell, to talk about early nerves about joining the process and also hesitation with continuing the process. And I saw some eyebrows go up. So Wesley, you want to take that one? Yeah, sure. So when I joined, um, I like 
knew literally no one in the fraternity. Like I did, a friend didn't invite me in. So like, and I was part of a very large chapter. The, the chapter at Clemson has over a hundred brothers in it. So like I walked into this room where I knew absolutely no one, you know, and then like I had a fairly small pledge class. We were only 13, which I know for some chapters you're like, oh my God, 13 would be great. But like at Clemson, 13 is very small. Um, and so, but still like the, those were really the only 13 people I knew. And then we became brothers and we were like thrust into this, not just big chapter, but then you go to lead and you start seeing like people from other chapters just in your region or in your province. And then you go to a GCC and there's like thousands of people. And, um, I'm a, I'm a fairly shy person, um, until I get to know you. And so, um, I think just what kept me coming back was that, you know, I, I met people like Derek, I met people, um, in my chapter, I met people at lead who had, who I made friendships with and who made me see that, like, I wasn't the only scared one. It was okay to, to not really have those skills yet where you can just walk up to someone and be like, Hey, I'm Wesley. Like, this is who I am and this is what I want. And this is, and how can you help me? Like, you know, you get to that point eventually because we help you do that. But you know, you just have to start small, find a friend in your pledge class, find a friend in your chapter, find a friend um, and it may be an alumni, like maybe there's a local alumni who is a mentor to you. Um, that I guess that's what kept me coming back is just like the friendships that, that made it worth being scared. Any of our other panelists want to chime in on that? Great. Yeah. Uh, thank you for um, your I do. story, Wesley. I was terrified. I was super scared. It was, a, they, when I went to the first info night, everyone just seemed so put together and it was very intimidating. But at the same time, I was like, but I want to be that. I, I want that. I want, how do I, how do I, how do I do that? I want to do that. And that's what kept me going because I wanted to grow into this organization and I wasn't going to let um, I learned how to not let fear stop me. And that's what I learned during the pledge process. And that's also helped me like in life. Like I've gotten comments from like my boss. He's like, you're fearless. Like you're not scared of anybody. Most people are scared of you. I'm like, yeah, cause I don't, I don't, I don't allow myself to be scared. If I want to take a risk, I know I have the fraternity behind me. Um, but that fear is good. And that fear is healthy. Just use that to grow as a better person and you will. You is a little scary, but we love you, Lauren. Love you too. Uh, uh, that um, my fear probably started after I joined. Um, I doesn't sound great, but because um, I had some, one of my really good friends when I did the Disney College program was in DSP. That's how I found out about it. I went back to school, saw that we had a chapter after I came back from Disney. Um, and I was really excited to join because of all the great things that she said about it. So I jumped in really without any fear of wanting to join a great organization. Um, but I joined a chapter that was six active brothers when I joined. Um, a lot of shared the story with our, you know, our frack group and, and Derek knows of my struggles with the home chapter. But 
um, our, our pledge class really doubled our um, active membership in our organization. And uh, we were tight and really close kind of starting out, but then any small group that grows pretty quickly, um, we, you know, we go through, went through a lot of growing pains together and just as a, as a chapter and um, it got to really the point where I, I didn't want to go to chapter meetings. I didn't want to go to activities. I, I was just, I was ready to graduate, be done, move on with my life. But if it hadn't been a, for the alumni that I had met and some of the other collegiate brothers at different chapters, um, especially in my home city. Um, so I, I went to school in Bowling Green, Kentucky. I lived in Louisville, Kentucky at the time. And so I'd commute home on the weekends and go hang out with the chapter um, in Louisville. People that, you know, I was really good friends with, uh, super close with um, back home and, and got me through. But had it not been for the friendships that I made outside of my home chapter, I probably wouldn't be here today. Um, so really my fear was kind of being involved in this this, this kind of toxic environment. Um, happy to report that chapter, my home chapter is doing fantastic now. They've grown a lot. Um, it's, it's a great group of, of brothers, but I didn't particularly have the greatest collegiate experience, but I've loved alumni life and I've loved being involved in making the friends. So, um, yeah. All right, Aaron, you actually, we got another question that kind of piggybacks off your question. Um, this person wrote, there, how do you deal with wanting to stay a Delta SIG while you come from a chapter that either they you have a bad pledging experience or the chapter itself is not that great? How do you get the urge to see that it's beyond your chapter? Like we get we tell these people all this all the time, but how can we really how can they see past it? it it's really about jumping in and making your own experience. Um, so for me, I knew that there was a big, beautiful world out there in DSP other than my home chapter. Um, so I went to every lead as a collegiate. I went to GCC as a collegiate. And really, I, I had the ability to do that because of my home chapter. Um, so I, I'm not saying that was a, a terrible experience. My, my home chapter did provide the means and the ability for me to go to events. But really, you have to get outside your home chapter. So if you're not having a great experience or your pledging was questionable, get outside your home chapter. Um, go meet chapters in the area if you're lucky enough to be in a, in a city with more than one collegiate chapter. Go hang out with them. Plan events, you know, cross chapter. Um, make alumni friends. Make ties to that larger organization. Make your own experience. Um, that, that's kind of really just what I did. Yeah, to go off of Aaron, my chapter at events would always stick together and I would actually get out and go, no, alumni. I get to know people from other chapters. And that's how, when I went to my first grand chapter, I was the first, I was the only one from my chapter that went there to Seattle. Because I had made friends outside of my chapter, I had found roommates for the Seattle GCC that I didn't have to worry about paying for a hotel room by myself or not having roommates. I found roommates before that but because I went out at events to get to know people and those people help shape your future within the fraternity because they could introduce you to somebody that could do this, that could help you out in the long run. Like um, when I was at GCC, 
our current or one of our people running for RVP was making sure to introduce me to the grand president candidates, making sure to introduce me to other people in leadership roles. It all depends on who you meet and what you make of your experience within the fraternity. Yep, and, and Stacy dropped some some key key guidance in the chat for you guys. You know, don't let your collegiate experience haunt you. And we are by no no means telling our active collegiates that being in a, a collegiate chapter is terrible and that you should hate it. And like, I don't I don't want I don't want Trisha coming back to me and being like, Aaron, what did you tell our collegiate chapters? Why did you tell them to hate their home chapter? Like, I homie, don't play that. That's not what I'm here for. But I'm just telling you, like, it is. It is, if you want it to be, it could be more than four years. Um, we have a saying that it's, you know, not just four years, it's for life. And that's really true um, if you really want it to be. But literally, please don't go back and tell your RVPs that Aaron said that being in a collegiate chapter was the most terrible thing ever. It wasn't. I know lots of collegiates that have had amazing collegiate experiences. Um, just with that being said, I don't need I don't need the board coming after me tomorrow because because of this discussion. <laughs> well, Aaron, we got Jen and, we got Jen and Cody on the line, so we got two RVPs on here, and I think Corey's on here too, so we can verify what was said. Yeah, yeah. I, I was gonna, I was gonna uh, say also adding on to that, like I, like during my first lead, like around that around the time when I kind of started putting it all together, hey, this is more than just my own chapter just being insular. Like I made it a point to branch out to somebody not within my region or an alumni or whomever. And and I actually remember this because going to one of the lead sessions, I remember chatting with somebody uh, from Ohio State and during one of the sessions, I don't remember that person's name, unfortunately, but I remember the next uh, the provincial the next year with, for the Northeast, which was in Rochester, I believe. Um, I went to another session, same person from the session that I went to in Hartford came up to me like, oh, hey, how have you been? Blah, 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 blah. And I didn't really remember. I'm just like, and I'm just trying to say, like, oh, is your chapter doing well? Blah, blah, blah. Just like, holy, oh my God, she remembered. <laughs> So it was like, yeah, so it's like, realistically, I would say make, like, during the national events and all that, make it a point to reach out to at least some, like, whether it's a collegiate from outside your region or just an alumni in general, I would say just make one, like, call, reach out to just one person and keep in contact with them. And because that's, at least for me, that's what did it. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, I have to, I have to agree. Um, my chapter was like, it's not good, not bad. Like it was okay. Um, I went to lead and just like Molly, everyone kind of stuck together. I was like, you know what? No. And I went and talked to people and I <laughs> don't do that often. I have to build up a lot of courage and I met a lot of people. Um, and that was my first ever lead. And then next, it was a provincial. Um, and then that, in the summer, so that was, oh God, 17, was that, was that New Orleans GCC? Yes, yes. So yeah, spring of 17 was provincial. I went to that lead and that convinced me to go to GCC where I met so many brothers who I 
remember part of the conversations. Like I met so many people, like just branching out was just a great experience. Um, and that was a, a collegiate and I've met even more people as an alumni. So just going and meeting new brothers, getting up the courage to go talk to them. That's, that's, you definitely need that. Um, Cause I was not like that in college, even though I had to psych myself up for it. But yeah, I would say definitely do that. I, I agree. I haven't always been this fabulous. I didn't start this fabulous, but DSP definitely made me this fabulous. <laughs> so, Aaron, so made you very I'm modest. Y'all see why she was the moderator, right? Y'all see why. This is, this is all why. The fabulousness of it. Um, we got about six more. We still got like six, seven more questions, guys. So let's keep this moving. Oh, yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll continue uh, to answer any questions. Understand that it's a little late on the East Coast. So if you, you're boring like Wesley, whatever, you got kids, whatever you got to do, feel free to drop off. Say goodnight. Say goodnight. Thank you. We'll keep it going as long as you guys want to chat. And if yeah. you guys want to, if you don't want to comment on here, we do have that Facebook page. Um, totally post on there and we'll answer questions as well if you can't stay on. Definitely. Also, Definitely. there are a lot of you with your videos off that I can't see your smiling faces. I'm looking at you, Jen, <laughs> and Chloe, and Joyce, and Daniel, and Tracy. Like, look at all of y'all. Like, I want to see your beautiful faces. Also, if you guys ask yeah, questions for any of us afterwards, if you just want to message us personally, if you have questions, feel free to message us. We will help answer yeah. any questions you have. Yeah, definitely. Indeed. I mean, uh, like, we, like, I think before, like, this event, like, during a promotion of the event, like, we left our, like, during, like, when we revealed the panelists day by day, we left our LinkedIn profiles just in the case you want to message someone, uh, one of us, like, we, and like, most of them we were don't tagged. fight. We're here to help. Most of them were tagged with their names on Facebook, so you can also yeah. Facebook message. Yes. And look, yeah. if you get to right. see Corey's beautiful face. Okay. There he goes. Next. <laughs> All right. What, what, what's up next, Joe? Well, next question. Next question should be a quick question. Uh, I think I might – I think uh, – I guess I'll direct this one to, uh, I don't know, Morgan? What? We can't. We we've said frack a couple times, but what is frack actually? <laughs> and I'm not a panelist, so I do not have to answer. Oh, I forget what it actually stands for. It's like Fairbanks. Morgan, do you want me to chapter or something like that? I don't know what it stands for. I'm not gonna tell you the reason for it. It's the Fairbanks Fairbanks alumni alumni chapter. chapter. It was an alumni chapter. We an unofficial alumni chapter. We had started because there was a lot of us alumni that don't have an alumni chapter near us, or we were just meeting every week during the pandemic. And one of the brothers who is on it every week, she lives up in Alaska near Fairbanks. So we know there's not a lot of brothers up there. So we just named it that. Um, and we wanted a cute little acronym. So FRAC. And she actually took us on a tour of the North Pole. We had to Santa's, Santa's workshop and his reindeer. And it was the coolest thing ever. Um, so I really hope that I can awesome. get up to Fairbanks and, and see Heather at some point. But what the frat, guys? Yeah, I mean, somebody post the link to the group into the uh, chat as well, just in case. It's like, already there. Awesome. Derek, why are you laughing? 
He laughed at my because <laughs> I was wrong. I'm sorry. I only know it's a crack. <laughs> I do. This is what you get. You you want to know what happens during frack? You want to know what happens during frack? This is it. This right here is it. This is what happens. It's fun. It's brotherhood bonding. All right. So we've gone off the rails a little bit. So we we, we found out what the frack frack is. Um, Vito, what do we have next? What's the next question? Uh, What we have next is actually interesting. And I think it feeds into our frack question. Uh, Recently, there's been a lot of talk about diversity and inclusion. And overall, DSP is a, D, is a diverse fraternity. How do you, how do you, or what do you, what is your experience, or wait, how do you feel about your experiences with brothers who are from different backgrounds, races, religions, et cetera, than you? So I basically, basically, I guess, what, how do you feel about diversity in the fraternity and your friendships? I love Kevin? it because it teaches me so much. Like I'm learning things I never would have. And it teaches me so much about people and how to appreciate them more. A hundred percent to what Molly said. Like, everybody has a different background and it's just being able to learn about them and all that. And I mean, like, well, one of my best friends from this, um, my experience, the, one of the people who organized the event, um, like I never would not gone to know him and like his background and and all that had it not been for the fraternity. So, like, just having a wide, just me a wide range of people and just keeping an open mind, just being willing to learn about different people, just different backgrounds here and there, and that's just really it. Nice. Anyone else want to add something before I go on? Uh, I just want to say, like, diversity is always something you should strive to improve on, um, whether it's on the national level or the local level. And I must say, I am pretty proud of this organization for really taking the extra initiative the past year to really focus on making diversity better, because it will make our organization better. So as, as, as each one of us individually always strives to improve, it's us as an organization that always also strives to improve. And that is something I'm really proud of. Preach. Warren, and, and I know that we've had actually recently, if you're not a member of the main international uh, fraternity of DSP Facebook group, I know we've had some recent um, really involved conversations on diversity and race in our organization. Um, and I'm really appreciative of that conversation that's been happening um, in that group. And, I, you know, I, I, it's definitely hot topic with the board and, and such. Um, but I, I love being able to have those open and honest conversations and hear from our collegiates what their experience is with race and diversity in their, their chapters and as collegiates and how we can just better build on that. Um, so I, I thoroughly appreciate that we have the platform and the ability to have that conversation within our organization. Indeed. And before I go on to the next question, my screen shows Kevin, Aaron, Molly, Lauren, Derek, Cody, Morgan, and Wesley, and myself, of course. And you just look at that diversity right there, and we meet up, like I said, very often. And when we get together, it's an awesome experience. So diversity is good. And honestly, I don't see I don't honestly think about diversity when I see these guys. I just be like, the bros are here. Like, that's all there is to that. Um, here's an interesting question. 
we all go by brother, but some, as a female member, I'm okay with being called brother, but I wonder what is the background or how do the other female brothers feel about being called brother versus sister? I love it. I love I, it. Morgan. I have called a brother and a sister because I'm in a social sorority, so I've been on both sides. And to be honest, I'm accepting of both because I know what, like, if you call me brother, I know, like, what you're meaning. This actually came up in our at Grand Chapter Congress in, I think, Atlanta. It was before I was a fraternity brother. The question was asked, and a one of our first female brothers went to the microphone and answered it. We prefer the word to be known as brother because that way there is no class. It's not brothers Amen. before sisters or sisters before brother. We are absolutely cold, even brothers. Thank you for that, Gail. That's, that, that's perfect that. right there. Thanks, Gail. And I was actually going to kick it over to you or, you know, some of our more ex seasoned alumni. Uh, uh, you know, kind of of how it stemmed, but, um, you know, Delta Sigma Pi was a all-male organization when it started, um, and it wasn't until, or I don't remember the year, Gail, you might have to help me out here, um, at some point we had to start females into the organization, and some chapters really went, like 75, 77 if. Yeah, something like that, you know, and some chapters really went kicking and screaming because they didn't want women in their organization. Um, but, but, right, Title IX passed and we had to start admitting females and, and then the, the brother moniker kind of just stuck through that transition. And, and quite frankly, I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, I don't know about the other ones in this group or in the organization. Um, but I think to Gail's point, it's, it just, it's, it's just a group of people, right? Um, and it, it's, it's no, it's not male versus female. It is, we're all of kind of one group and equal standing. And, you know, to me, it's not weird. Is it weird to outsiders? Probably, but my friends have all gotten used to it. And, you know, it is what it is. So I don't have a, I don't have a problem with it. You look like you got something to say over there, Wesley before I go to the next question. Well, I'm, I'm just like, I'm reading the chat and, and like James, he just says, to me, the term brother is a title like doctor or CPA, I earned it and I'm proud to have it. And Love that's it. how I feel um, because like Morgan, I'm in a social sorority, so I've got sisters and then I've got the fraternity and I've got brothers and, and honestly, I feel more included at being a brother than I ever did as a sister of my sorority, but like, you know, I, I earned the title brother and I'm, I, I proudly wear it. And yeah, people may glance at me weird, like my non fraternity friends, if they hear someone call me that, but I don't care. This gives me a chance to educate them on what a great organization I'm a part of. So. Shout Preach, out. Wesley. All the, all the snaps. Great job. All right. Vito, what do we have next? Oh, well this, well, I, I could speak on this one, but as an act, I want to be active as an alumni, but it doesn't seem my RVP will give me the opportunity or maybe cannot give me the opportunity, such as being on a DD or as a committee. I have, I know other brothers who have this dilemma. What advice can you have for me to get involved or should I just give up? 
Don't give up. Um, definitely do not give up. Um, go to the board. Go so, to the <laughs> Do not give up. Y'all didn't get nothing else. Do not give up. One like, thing so, to be involved that I said earlier is you can review bylaws and policies. That is not on a provincial, regional level. That's on a national level. Yep. Yep. The Leadership Foundation, Stacy was talking about, they have committees that's not a regional or a provincial level that is something completely different. So there's never give up, please. So if you're if you're having conflicts with your RVP and, and they're like, I don't need you, like, I, I, I'm gonna be real. I was an RVP for four years, I guess. And I, I was in a small region, we had four collegiate chapters at the point. So DD opportunities were very limited. Um, so it is hard to to put DD sometimes, or to or if you have a lot of volunteers, it's hard to put everybody in a DD role, DD role, right? Because it's very limited. But that doesn't mean that you can't be utilized um, on a regional awards committee, or that you can can't talk to your PVP about being on a provincial committee. Um, don't give up. Go talk to somebody else. Hopefully, they're you know your RVP isn't a terrible person and they're not ignoring you. But if they are, go find somebody else. Your RVP is not the only only fish in the sea. I've served on awards committees outside of my province, and it helped because I wasn't biased by my specific region mm -hmm. or any specific region. So, again, if you have the opportunity, you, you can live in New York and serve uh, out west or, heck, uh, Vito, you know, positions like that. You don't have to be tied to where you live, and that's the awesome thing about it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. All right. Contact Cody. Contact Cody. He's uh, he's always looking for people for his awards committee. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Um, I have to bounce. Um, Epsilon Phi Chapter and DDF has a recruitment event tonight. I just want to thank you so much for being here for my tiny little chapter that is rebuilding. Um, probably reach out to some of you when I need more alumni panels. But I just want to express my love and appreciation for all of you. Thanks, Lauren. Nice. Love you, Lauren. Thank you. It's great to have you. Have any rock or dirt questions? Hit a girl up. Okay, I've got you. Indeed. Indeed. Thanks, girl. But well, Aaron had another quick point about getting involved is to present at lead. We're always looking for presenters of you know really good quality or mild quality, whatever. Um, I know that I've been in charge of at least the risk management presentation was probably questionable, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that, you know, it's the best candidate really? for that, that's what it is. Um, but yeah, present it lead. It's just a great way to connect with brothers, um, you know, especially if you have a topic that you're super passionate about. Mm -hmm. yeah. Questionable. Kidding. But um, seriously, present it lead and you can talk to your PVP because they put those agendas together. Um, so go hit up your, your PVPs. Yeah. yeah, I could definitely yeah. attest to that. Like, I actually remember, I think, my the first lead after I graduated, and uh, Jen, if you're still on, you can attest to this, like, we actually did a presentation about, like, just where the main focus was, get out of your comfort zone, talk to somebody, like, outside your chapter, build, the, in, build some inter-chapter relations, because, like, some of the best chapters, at least from my personal experience, have had some really great inter-chapter relations, like, we can... Like planning, like oh, you can do a joint a uh, community service event or a like a joint professional event. Like I know some regions have regional initiations, so just getting just 
reach out to somebody to a make the experience a lot better definitely reach out to the pvp if it is a um topic that you're passionate about and you want to present it yeah um yeah i'll say the last part of that one would be you know we create that dsp speakers group if you want to give back and you can't because your rvp doesn't want your help or maybe you're scared to go to your pvp there's a lot of chapters looking for speakers about all types of subjects dsp serves is also there so like everyone else said don't give up omar you've been kind of quiet so i want to take this uh, one to you and i i'm actually interested to hear the responses what is an ideal and what is the real ideal of a delta sig i know there's the ideal member in the pledge manual but to you guys in your given your fraternal experiences what do you see as your ideal brother uh ideal is um being active uh in any way in any capacity possible um being a resource for others um also serving uh whether it's whether it's alumni whether it's uh as alumni as a collegiate in some leadership position or you know or community service that's uh uh, or serving that that totally you know it's it's your that's that's really how i i feel how i view it is, is the ideal brother anyone else who wants to what's your ideal brother also um, ideal brothers it's different every ideal brother is different depending on everybody what everybody thinks is the ideal brother it's going to change it's and the ideal Delta Sigma Pi, it's always going to change because you want what you want, but we need to think of what is best for the fraternity as a whole, not just what is best for us, but the fraternity as a whole. And that is so many different things out there. And we each are our own ideal brother in our own way. What? Couldn't agree more. All right, Vito, what else you got? What else you got? Leave will be virtual this fall. Should I go? Yes. Yes. Oh. yes. Definitely. Yes. yes. I mean, I literally just signed up before this started because I kept on pushing it off. And then Vito talked about it. I was like, oh, I should do that. So, and it's really simple. <laughs> and it's really, I mean, it's not the same as in person, but it's going to be a great new experience. I already know it. So, yeah. I'm actually really excited that it's virtual this fall because one of the problems I always have going to a lead is like inevitably there's two sessions I want to attend there at the same time mm -hmm. and I can't attend both or um, I get to talking to either a chapter who has questions or to an alumni that I'm having a great connection with and I end up missing something um, plus just the fact that like you like don't get me wrong i love to travel to lead i love the experience of going i uh, so want to go back in person but it's always you know you always have to get there you have to drive or fly and then so it's just a whole weekend and then like you have to go back to work on monday or school or whatever so like it's just a lot so i'm actually looking forward to being able to just like log on from like i know for us alumni some of the sessions are like in the middle of the day but like i can put it on in the background at work if i want to like but just to be able to log on and connect with people that i wouldn't necessarily get to connect with otherwise just because um i 
I just think it's a unique experience that we should all be taking advantage of during this time. So I'm really excited. But you're not going to be able to bootleg me Girl Scout cookies this, this time. <laughs> I, I, we'll figure it out. <laughs> like, okay, so random story. Um, Wesley, before I lived in Florida, uh, if you don't know, Girl Scout cookies are baked by two separate bakers, and the council gets to choose which baker of their cookies they sell. Um, so my favorite cookie was made by AB Bakers. Um, and our councils in Kentucky only, sell, only sold the little brownie baker cookies. So I could not get my favorite Girl Scout cookie. So Wesley bootlegged them for me from, from her state where the council sold my favorite cookie and, and brought me like six packages. And I flew home. I think we were in Charlotte. I flew home that weekend and I had like a little tote bag. And the only thing in my tote bag was Girl Scout cookies and like my wallet and TSA, well, I have pre-checked, but they still decided they needed to check my, my stuff. And he gets my little, little baby tote bag and he's like, is there anything in here other than cookies? I'm like, no. So he like just proceeds to pull all the cookies one by one out of my bag and like swab them down for like, little, like, like my cookies are gonna explode. But, um, so I, I, and then they, the, the Girl Scouts have the audacity to stop selling my favorite cookies in this upcoming year. So it's not going to be my cookies anymore. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's the next uh, question. Yeah. Corey Stopka, are you still there? No? Okay. Come on. Uh, the... Ignoring us. <laughs> oh, wow. No, he's here. Yeah. Look, he's, he's here. Hold on. He's there he is. Come in. Hello. Before I, Hold on. Let me get my light I... on. You look fine. Gotta get the He's position. just doing a fireside chat. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, before I ask this last question, which I think is going to be a funny question that will go on a tangent, is there anything you as a PVP, a board member who's done a lot in the frat, would like everyone to know before we go on this question that's going to be a tangent? Uh, that's a loaded question. I, I think the biggest thing is is – Delta Sig means a lot to a lot of different people, um, and I think I think some of the things that you all touched on earlier tonight on diversity and and inclusion is a big part of that, and and just the the friendships that you make with your brothers and uh, the support mechanism that you have is is incredible, especially especially right now. You know, COVID sucks for everybody, so we're, we're all in it together. We're all trying to figure it out. So don't be afraid to to ask a question or be a part of something. Um, you know, we've we've done some of these. I think a, a good chunk of you that are that are on here still were on, have been on the the virtual leadership trainings. Um, and it's always we did some small group sessions with all that. So it was always cool to to jump in and and see some people that you knew. Uh, and then it was really cool to see some people that. Um, you might have known of before, um, but had a chance to actually interact for the first time, actually. And then, and then that continue over a three-month period was really cool. So um, don't ever hesitate to continue to reach out. Um, a lot of resources out there. Um, I was actually answering an email from a chapter president that sent an email. So uh, that's why I was not on. But a um, lot, of, lot of people out there right now that are, that are here to support you. So don't ever forget that with whatever you need. Um, and even if it's a if it's a tough situation that you might not be able to ask somebody else about, um, people are here for you. 
Thank you, Corey. We love we thank you for all the work you do for the frat. We love you, man. Um, all right, we got one last question, guys. Um, before the tangent question, to our lost alumni, the alumni that are lost, the alumni that are thinking of leaving, or that just feel they don't bring much value to the fraternity, panelists, what do you got to say to those brothers? Who told you that so that we can go beat them up? For you because it's not true okay. <laughs> hey, the, the, um, the thing is is that like everybody provides some form of value whether it's being on a committee or being a dd or like or whatever like being a d like just being a dd or just donating monetarily like it works for some people. It doesn't work for everybody. So realistically, I think the hard part is just finding finding your niche and just and that's and not too many people are willing to like take the time to find your niche because it's like because it's like oh that's a lot of work or I don't have the time or whatever slash people just don't want to make the time because everybody's busy. And, but for those who are still active as alumni, we still find time to make the fraternity a big part of our lives. I'll add, um, I mean, to those that are uh, pondering about leaving, I mean, the door is always open. I mean, you may not be ready now, but you're always you're always welcome, and it's it's up to you to find your to find your uh, find your interest. Wesley, you look you look like you were ready to fight. So I, I guess the uh, the piggyback on that one is if they don't feel they belong. She was ready. So the follow up question I would usually probably put this to Molly or Aaron, but Wesley, if they someone told them they're not a good bro or they're not act you know they just don't find their niche because of where they live or like we said with the collegiate chapter thing how do we how do we pull those guys back or stop them from leaving or what, what would you give as encouraging message i should say because we know what you would say you know who said it but what would you encourage them to do like, yeah. what's the wesley pep talk you know it's really just about not giving up because so like I didn't have this experience with DSP, but like my sorority experience was very different than than Delta Sig, and it took a long time for me to find my niche in my sorority. Um, I actually just found it like last year, and I joined before I joined Delta Sig. It's just like it's about not giving up. You just have to keep meeting people. You just have to keep going to events. Um, if you just keep showing up. Eventually, someone's going to say, hey, I've seen them enough times. Let me go speak to them. And that may be the person that becomes, like, your best friend. Like, it's just, like, and I know it gets discouraging. And I've definitely been there. Um, but it's just, like, you you just got to stick it out. And, and you'll eventually find the person that, that can get you involved in the right place that can plug you in with, and it may not be an alumni. Like you may make a connection with a collegiate, like, and you become their mentor and that's your reason for coming back and continuing. 
um, because you made a difference in this collegiate's life. So my, my advice is just keep, keep showing up. Eventually the right person, the right place will pop up for you. I think there's, there's maybe a, a couple other things you can do. Um, one is, as those of us who are here, if we see a brother who's here but not engaged or who's here and seems to be on the fringe, um, reach out, find out where are they? Where's their head at? Where do they want to be involved? And how do they want to engage? I know a number of brothers who they don't know how to connect because they had to step away. There, there are things in our lives that require, hey, you know what? The career, the kids, the family, the financials, um, it happens. And if you step away, stepping back in, it's like coming up to the whole group is at the, at, they're all hanging out together and you show up and you go, hi, I'm a Delta C. You got your letters on. And everybody goes, great, you're a brother. Nice to see you. By the way, we all know each other and we start talking. And the return to the party or the newcomer is on the outside. We need to help them get into the middle of the circle and be re-embraced. Um, we also need to help understand where they at. If it's, they live away from all the chapters, financially it's a burden, family-wise it's hard, but they could be on the scholarship review committee. Great, how do we connect them? How do we get them involved? Even if it's that, that one thing for a couple weeks, once a year, um, you know, help them, help brothers connect in and, and do a warm handoff. Don't say, hey, call Molly do a, hey, I'm getting on, on a call with Molly, join me on the call, introduce face-to-face, -face, Zoom to Zoom, whatever, do what's called a warm handoff and, and bring somebody back into the fold. And, and I also wanna to add to your comment, Vito, if somebody calls you a bad brother, cut them out. You don't need that negativity in your life. Like, move on. For the one person that calls you a bad brother, there are a hundred more who think um, don't don't let what one person tells you define you or bring you down empty empty your empty your basket and and move on you know don't waste that energy on them happy all right well this I, I like i said this last question is probably gonna send us on a tangent so i want to thank everyone one our panelists for coming out two thank you everyone that logged on to talk and chat and see our panelists and the last question, it probably comes from the dynamic you guys have shown on the screen, but what's the back, it just says, what's the background of the panelists? They seem really close. Did you guys all go to school together? Do you guys all know each other? Like how do, what is the brotherhood going on there? Pratt. So I'm gonna say right now, I think I've only met one or two people in this group in person. I've met everyone else <laughs> through Zoom calls. And we've gotten really close because of the said Zoom calls. It, it, it yeah, is definitely. shenanigans. I know yeah. that if I go out with friends, socially distanced, don't judge me. Um, <laughs> you know, if I go out on a Friday night and I get home at midnight, I know there's somebody going to be on that Zoom call that I can at least pop in and say, hey guys, sorry, I missed you. I just want to catch up. want to see your faces this week. Um, and it's just become a, a, a highlight of my week. And We've all just gotten really close by spending Friday nights together during during quarantine. Morgan, yeah. if you see me in real life, I'm actually a three quarters of an inch by three quarters of an inch high. So I look exactly the same. Arnell is not to scale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like to kind of go off of that, like 
kind of like what Morgan said, like, out of everybody who was on the panel and the people who organized the event, I really only met, like, two of the people um, in, in real life prior to COVID. And everybody else was just because of these Zoom calls. And it was, you know, of course, myself having the hesitation because I am pretty introverted. I'm just like, hmm, should I? You know what? To heck with it. Let's just let's just hop in. If I if I'm not a big fan, I can just hop out. And I stayed on for like hours and hours and hours. So <laughs> I can say I have met most of the panelists, about half of them in real life. Morgan dragged me out onto the dance floor at GCC in Atlanta. That's how we met. Yeah. <laughs> But we have gotten a lot more closer over these Zooms because we've got to know each other. We may have side conversations during the week to get to know each other better and just like ask questions of each other. And that's how we get to know each other better is just, it's just not the Friday Zooms. It's getting to know everybody more personally and making sure we're the best friend we can be for them. So yeah. Cleveland will be very interesting because I'm going to meet everyone like, oh, hi, I know you. I know so much information about you, but I've never met. Hello. Yeah, yeah, because like really these, like these calls went for like a span of like six to eight weeks. It was like, oh, hey, nice to meet you too. What should I call, what should I paint my walls? What should I have for dinner? Or, like, or where is so-and-so? Why aren't they on yet? <laughs> yeah. Tell them not ourselves here. Right. <laughs> <laughs> nicknames for hey, loving nicknames for each other, like calling Morgan Baby Brad. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's we've just gotten really close, and it's been a fantastic ride and journey. And well, I sound like I'm on the Bachelor now journey. Great journey. Um, it's not a process; it's a journey. Keep that in mind. Um, but no, it's, it's just been an, an absolute amazing journey with all of my, my, my newfound friends. And I, yeah. you know, appreciate everybody. So, so Kenneth, if you join Frack on Friday nights, this is what you're going to get. This right here that's on this call, this what you're going to get. I like get. it. We're we warning you. We're, I think it also, I think it's also funny, though, Aaron, that I think it was in June we started saying we would stop the Frack calls as weekly practice. as weekly and let me tell you that someone on one of these someone on here said so are we gonna so we're not gonna do anything this this weekend are we gonna do anything this week like it's almost weird if we don't have like, like it's become part of our new normal didn't we do something Labor Day weekend still, or did we skip that one? Yes. No, we, no, we, we had one every week. We're going to take the weekend we off because it's a holiday, and y'all, like, did it. I was like, well, I'm out of town. Like, we definitely did something. You joined while I you were out of town, Morgan. We I, I joined on vacation. I mean, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's so, what else y'all got to do on a Friday night? Shouldn't be it's any. Like, it's, like, it's like, we're still in the middle of things, like. And the thing some is. Of us are going when things start going back to normal, we'll find another night or some other time to make sure to be doing these calls so we can all catch up with each other because we cannot just go cold turkey without seeing each other now. It would so be we tried that. That didn't work. <laughs> Clearly, it did not work. All right, Black Frank. Anonymous. 
I love you guys, but it is 10 o'clock. I think it's time to wrap it up. Yep. Um, you know, just trying to be cognizant of everybody's evening and, and time.